Welcome back to the Compound Podcast. This is episode 189. It is 189, presented by Parse Rum. My favorite rum, your favorite rum, Parse Rum. I think Scott had a bunch of Parse over it. You know what? You know who had probably too much Parse over the holiday? is Dakota. And then he went on vacation, and he's not here today. So we did our call to the bullpen, and we brought in Scotty Efros. Scotty, thank you for joining us, Scotty. Dakota had so much parse that he woke up on a cruise. Yep. Yeah. That's that's uh, how it happens. Is hey. he in the Mediterranean? Is he cru- or the, the, the no Mexico? The Caribbean? The Caribbean? Mexico, Caribbean? I think. Yeah. Coast of Mexico. Dakota and I we had a uh, we had a scare for a sec, Scotty. Yes. So Dakota's and I uh, our our Snapchat Snapchat streak was on the line and that thing was teetering quickly. I asked I asked Zach about it because Zach and I also have one, and Dakota, him and Dakota's is way longer. Um, but yeah, I asked Zach about yeah, it, it is. and he, he goes, "Yeah, well, you know, it is. It is what it is." And I asked Zach about it. He goes, "Oh no!" And then he woke up yesterday and just saw a a, a one from a. Uh, from Dakota and I sent the Undertaker gift just out of nowhere. I thought he well, was dead because he doesn't have service on the boat or something like yeah, that. Yeah, so we did, we haven't heard from Dakota <laughs> until was it yesterday? Was the first time he texted us? Yeah, it was only a day for 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 those listening. It was only a day and it but a day in our no no is, because we didn't hear from Saturday and that was a huge game hours. with Thir- with the yes, Lions. Yeah, there was a lot that happened. Yeah, and thirty six hours. Right, and we didn't hear anything, and we were like. Wow, he really doesn't have any service. And then you were like, "Oh, it's Snapchat streak. You guys are toast." And I was like, "Oh fuck, yeah, I didn't even think about that." But Dakota, the man he is, came through. If he siphoned some data from yep some like pirate ship or something like that out on on the waters, but he you know he, he came through. So shout out to Dakota. Scott, are you secretly wishing or hoping quietly that their streak ends so that yours is the longest you know, streak? I- it's like in competition, like you never want to see someone else's streak end just for your benefit or, you know, never some, see someone get hurt or something like that. But, you know, if it happens, you play the hand you're dealt and then, you know, then you're over a thousand days consecutive and they have to start back at zero. So it, it is what it is. I wasn't hoping for that, but, you know, I'm glad they got it. Uh, I'm glad Dakota found a way. So that, that took some guts there. Scott, we're at 1134 days. Dakota and I, 2472 <laughs> Oh my. Wow. You know when that dude, that started in Instructs. Instructs of our first year getting drafted, 2016. That's determination. That's real dedication. And apparently, not that I didn't look it up, but apparently you can get like a free buyback with Snapchat if you like you if your streak ends. And I'm like, you know what? If it ends, it ends. I'm not, you know, what what? That's not just how I was raised. That's not the man I am. It's just not how it should be. You can't you- play that way. Not. You'd have to put a big fat on that street. Right. And it's, listen, I don't want that. Dakota doesn't want that. It's just not. You That's know, an asterisk doesn't, doesn't... for those uh, listening at home. Yep. Let's get into the baseball news. There's not much. Just going to be honest. Wasn't a lot of activity over the break. Wasn't a lot of activity over the holidays. Everyone's taking their taking their holiday. Uh, but we did have, last time we recorded until now, Yamamoto signed with the Dodgers. That was a... A large numbers, one. Anybody? Numbers. Twelve. A lot. A lot. Three hundred. Three hundred. Twelve. A lot. Three twenty-five. It was one million dollars more. Three twenty-five. Yes. All. All of our good friend Garrett Cole's contract. Um, yeah. 
a lot of money to pay someone who has never pitched in the big leagues, but also he's 25, 26 years old. So they're getting his whole prime. What, um, what did he, he won three consecutive, their equivalent of the Cy Young's there, right? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So he's, so he's clearly like proven himself in a very good league. So it's like, and his metrics, you know, especially yeah. in today's, in today's day and age, like, a lot of guys get signed off of that too, especially in the off season. Like, you know, they'll send pictures of their track man or the rap soda, whatever they use. And like, you know, mechanics or uh, not mechanics, sorry, metrics, like they travel, you know, from, from what I understand, you know, I've seen, I saw a bunch of videos when he signed of people showing pitches, bullpens. He explodes down the mound. That little pause he does too. Ooh. Yeah. Scott, from a, pit, from a pitcher's eye, what do you got? I mean, he's got, what, six pitches, five, six pitches, and they're all, like, very – like, it seems like he throws them quite often. Like, it doesn't seem like he relies on too many, and he, and obviously he's had great success. So I, I was going to say I did see um, – I believe he works for Marquee, Ian, Lance uh, – I can't remember his last name, Broads, Broadston, something like that. He did something he did something on the Yes Network about talking about like his um curveball. And he mentioned that um the balls are smaller in Japan. So it'll be interesting to see how he shapes that, if it if it affects the shape at all in the major leagues, like if he throws it harder or if he throws at the same spin rate and it just gets slower. That'll be interesting. Um but yeah, I mean he's got he's <clears throat> he's got plus stuff. Obviously, like you said, he he ex- he does explode down the mound. He's like just really cool like mechanics everything kind of flows and sync like you watch like a slow-mo like open face side from like third base and it's just like everything is like perfectly aligned um he's fun to watch pitch i mean you watch him a little bit in the wbc those strikes he competes so yeah it'll be a certainly a, a good addition for them and, and tough for for that whole for that whole division out there so ian to your point or to your comment about having you know five or six different pitches and they can throw them whenever like as a hitter how hard is that if it's just like 20 percent, 20 percent, 20 percent, 20 percent and you're sitting there you're like i mean yeah when you it's like you it's like you do your homework to say like okay like hey this is the tendencies he falls into but that statistics show he's gonna throw it you know 20 percent of the time for five pitches you're like i don't know yeah, I mean, those are the guys that's like, all right, well, this guy's any pitch at any time. So you can't get, like, the dudes that throw, you know, 65% fastball, you're like, all right, at some point in this at bat, I'm probably going to get a heater. Or if he has three pitches, you know, fastball change up, and I can kind of eliminate the one that he only throws 10% of the time. You know, maybe it ticks up in two strike counts or something. But the dudes that are 20% across the board, it's like you have to pick a side of the plate. It's like, all right cutters in like for him i'm looking at it right now it's fastball splitter curveball cutter slider so you kind of think cutter slider might blend a little bit curveball is probably down under then you have the fastball so you're probably saying i'm gonna see fastball cutter slider on the inner half and then try to eliminate away because the splitter is off that fastball line down away yeah just trying to stay, yeah. I mean, his splitters down the zone, down under, down away. So, try to stay off that curveballs, 
a little bit more curveball in the zone than you would think. And then the cutter is all inner edge. So kind of trying to pick what lane you want to be in. Do and you like, have... I would be I would be heater cutter off him trying to be aggressive. When I, I when I see a guy with a with a splitter, I do as best as a job as I can to not swing, obviously. I mean, it looks so funky out of his hand and it obviously looks like it's gonna be a strike, but like how often like as a hitter, I don't see many splitters that are strikes. In general, like it's it's usually always strike the ball. And, and this yeah, it's it's generally strike to ball. Like Gosman's a good example. Like Gosman yep. the splitter is disgusting. And it's like rarely in the strike zone. Dude, we faced then, him this we faced him this year, and our whole plan going into it was I'll never forget. Say, hey, at all costs, just take it. You know, it's not gonna be a strike, it's gonna look down the middle. I get to two two, and I'm like, you know it's coming, bro. You know it's coming. And it was fucking black. And I, I swung because I was I was like, there's no way it's gonna drop this much. So like it's late, and I swung, I swung and missed, and I get back, and I'm like. I think that's a strike either way. I don't know what to do yeah. on that one. I don't know. I'm sorry, guys. I failed our plan, but that's. that's I mean, a, that pitch starts. That pitch starts when it starts belt line, like it's a ball. So like you're trying to look so far up in the zone, <laughs> and then lay off anything that's belt line or below. Like those guys. Those guys are so tough. I think that's he throws it hard too. Hard, dude. Yeah. It's like this pitch is anywhere from. 91, anywhere from 88 to like 93. Like, yeah, it was Lance Brozdowski, by the way. I wanted to get that correct. It, it, he's at, he has a splitter at 89 to 91, and he uses it 27% of the time. That's high for a splitter, man. And guys hit, guys hit 191 against it. (sighs) Yeah. Cause how are you hit like that? Like, that's a pitch that it's like, I mean, I don't know. You guys tell me. It's like a, no, it's like a get lucky, you know. Like, like what do you either a he left it up or like I'm on my front side and just hanging on to it for dear life. Yeah, it's like a it's like a ball out of hand or whatever or it's just yep yeah Yeah, really deceptive. You don't want I I mean personally I don't want to go up there and be like all right I want I'm trying to tunnel his his splitter. What's his slug on the splitter, Ian? Do you have that? Zero. Yeah, like one ninety one on the splitter (laughs) is two thirty four. What, how do you know how, like, just like, yeah, I mean, slug on the splitter. Oh. This is against lefty. Slug on the splitter in zone okay. is 395. I wonder if there's, I wonder if there's a difference. And this is completely just off the top of my head, but like, aren't there a lot more splitters in that league? Yes. Do you think, think more, those, it's a more common pitch? Do you think those guys are better at hitting it? Like, clearly, clearly not. The guys had three MVPs in a row. Yeah. I don't know. Can I also tell you that his fastball? Or worse than hitting? I don't know. His fastball the last year guys hit 179 with a 236 slug on his fastball. Without giving too much away, do you guys already have like reports on him? Like initial reports on him? Not like a full report. Or is it just like public? I can just see what he threw last year. Yeah. In zone, in zone fastball, 220 with a 510 OPS. That's like a 250 slug. Down in the zone, no would have touched it. Up in the zone, a little bit more, but that's his. I'm assuming his splitter. You're talking about that's his fastball. That's his heater. So his heater down didn't get touched. Did not get touched. But so okay, that's interesting. I wonder, more like, splitters I wonder really if it plays too. well with a splitter than if it's. It was even more like Gosman. He's even yeah. more like Gosman than what you were saying. Yeah, with that chair at the bottom. 
His Dude, cutter I got have... hit a little bit, so I'm assuming he just won't throw that in the big leagues and no one will get a chance to hit that pitch. So I've I always thought that. Like, you know, in today's day where it's like or it was for a little while, like, you know, heater up and then curveball off of it. I like for me, especially if a guy has a really good changeup, like if they're throwing heaters down with that changeup, like that is such a good tunnel. Like Yeah. Your guys from the your the Tigers guys last year at the end of the year were doing it a little bit. I noticed that fastball down and away. Yeah. Which like the fastball down and away used to be recession proof and everybody stopped throwing it. <laughs> and then a couple of guys from the Tigers threw it and I was like, shit, you don't see that very often. But the middle of twenty two, we go we went to Toronto and Toronto had Gosman and then they had like two or three guys in their pen that were throwing four seam heaters middle to middle up and then splitters off that or change-ups and i had just hadn't seen that mix a lot it used to be sinker change-up guys and then over the last you know one and a half two years i've noticed that four seam change-up guy four seam splitter guy being pretty prevalent and now that's like i'd never seen that before in my career and then you're trying to make that adjustment a couple guys out of the back end of the nats pen you know a couple dudes in the orioles pen throwing that like four with uh or with the splitter, it's like such a different look, dude. It, it, speaking of the Tigers, they had a like, I guess you can say our pen last year was like it was a lot of like I, I can think of three guys off the top of my head who had really good downward stuff as well. Yeah, um, and it's just it's different. I mean, as swings adjust, as guys, you know, that that four seamer up was so prevalent, and, you know, a little bit because of the sticky stuff, a little bit right. because of you know, it was a different pitch, and guys' swings were sinker slider sinker changeup based and then now as guys have adjusted to that pitch as guys have been able to handle the belt line a little bit better now you're seeing you know, the pitchers adjust it's just it's a copycat league but it's a constant adjustments and it's interesting year to year just to see how those things change you know it's usually I, two I, three year cycles i think the rays were on record saying or somebody said it about the rays like they want as many different looks as possible especially out of the pen so like you know, if you get somebody, everybody throws a hundred with, you know, ride and curveball off of it. It's like, okay, anybody you kind of bring in has the same shit. And now it's like, they have guys throwing from each and every angle. You know, some guys are throwing rise, you know, two seams, they're throwing downward bowling balls and it, it's never a comfortable at bat. And like you said, Ian, it's just like, I think more teams are going to go in that direction. You know, like Scott, you know, like, so you came always have the, a job, right. You know, at the back end of the bullpen, like you and Holmes each have, a nasty sinker, but he's throwing it from here and you're throwing it from here. And it's just like, what? The, it's such a different look. We just traded for Victor Gonzalez. Um, that left, who, lefty, right? Lefty. Yeah. Who throws like we're, uh, you know, Wandy's a free agent. So like we had a lefty hole. So, but like, I think his stuff different just initially watching, it looks like it's more of a four seam um, versus the two seam. So yeah, I agree. It's like, I mean, it's all a pendulum. Like you, you look back, three, four years ago. And it's like, you want the power arms that throw the fourth, the top and everything. And now, yeah, you're right. Zach. Like the Rays do such a good job of like being multiple in their looks. Like they had this guy, Kevin Kelly this year who threw like almost such a crazy slot. And then they had, you know, they signed Deekman halfway through, like, you know, like he's got that crazy, you know, from first base angle. So yeah, you're right. It, it is a, um, like a pendulum in that regard. One of the things that's made like just playing against the Brewers for so long, one of the things that made them so good on the back end was Devin Williams and Hader so different. You know, they're such 
such opposites. You know, Devin Williams is throwing that disgusting changeup, uh, and the four, you know, kind of like straight to cutting four up. You know, and Hader has from the left side the crossfire fastball, and then they were using Boxberger, who was a completely different look from those two guys. You know, before that, so it, they just and, and Javi Milner, so they always had just different looks out of the pen. And I think that's, you know, just playing against them what has made them so successful. And you look at a guy like Kenley Jansen, like it's not – he's so unique. It's not hard to find an eighth inning guy that matches up well with him because it's never going to be the same look. You know, it's always no, – no one's throwing that invisible cutter like him. So, you know, the, the Dodgers for years, whether it was Moro or you know, the different guys they've used in the seventh, eighth inning, you know, it was never going to be like you were seeing that guy multiple times. Um. Um, back to Yamamoto, obviously being a Yankees fan, was the hype around him as much as it was when like Tanaka signed or equal? Yeah, you know, it's funny. I was just going back and looking at both Tanaka and you Darvish because those, those are probably the two most similar comparisons for Yamamoto. You go look at the last three years those guys had in Japan. Each of those guys had really similar sub two ERAs their last three seasons in Japan. Both came over around the same time, mid-20s. Uh, and I was looking at how they did in that first season. Tanaka had arguably one of his best seasons, a, a, an ERA in the mid-twos, uh, whereas Darvish kind of struggled that first year. Three, I mean, relatively, 3-9 ERA. Uh, both were all-stars their first year, though, and uh, Darvish obviously got better. Tanaka kind of leveled out a little bit more. So it'll be interesting to see what kind of career Yamamoto has because there's the Tanaka path where Tanaka was very good, but it was only a two-time all-star. Darvish has been a five-time all-star and a real top of the rotation guy for a couple different teams now. So be interesting to see also how that transition happens. Is, is he more of a Tanaka? Can he come over and immediately make an impact this season? Or is it going to take him a year or two to adjust? Uh, Cause I think that's something that people don't actually consider all the time when you, it, it, as you said, the ball's different. I mean, it, it, there's also velocity tends to play a lot more heavily in Japan than it does here. So it'll be interesting to see how he adjusts on both of those fronts. Did Tanaka throw hard, hard when he came over? Not like hard, hard. Like because he, he was always like what 90, 93? Like yeah, like he would touch ninety four, ninety five. Yeah. The other thing that's really interesting about Yamamoto is that he's five eight. And so you're talking about, you know, Tanaka's 6'3", and Darvish is a big dude. You know, the that yeah, with that fastball that he has, and he, he looks like he sinks down pretty good. It's kind of that upshoot, like Sonny Gray type it's of gonna be fastball. Riding. Super riding, yeah. Yeah, which will which will make it play up. And that's it's that's makes it really unique. It's funny because you look at the swings at like the videos of his swings and misses on his four seam, and the guy like the bats are just like middle of the zone the ball is like this much up above and you can just tell he's getting just so much just carry on that thing yeah through the zone do you guys talk about that a lot ian and like hitters meetings like va hey like you know this guy's vaa is whatever um you're gonna have to you know think above it a little bit more no i mean we use really general terms we don't use i know you guys have used the vertical break stuff we we talk about it more generally as ride, Got it. you know, as ride, you know, laying off the top of the zone, trying to be above it, trying to be aggressive out front on it, but never, never actually use like the numbers. Interesting. We, uh, I forgot the numbers and I think I want, I, I want to say like 
four and a half or five is like average for VAA, which is like where they release it. And then they were, if you go one way or another, you know, they would say like, Hey, this guy's a, a six or like a three VAA. Like it's going to be coming from down here. Like, um, the, um, closer vertical arm angle, uh, vertical attack angle. I believe it is vertical approach angle. Approach. Approach, right? Thank you. All right. Yeah. Scott, what the fuck? I mean, you, you know, like the average, Scott. Yeah, do you know what the average isn't it? Like that's not my game. Vertical approach <laughs> angle for me doesn't make any sense. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I'm horizontal approaching. I'm in my own lane. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's right. Stay in your own lane there. Five. Yeah, nine. yeah, I yeah, I focus on me. That's yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so like that was the first time that they put numbers on it, opposed to like, hey, this guy has ride. Um, because there's a little difference. Like if you know you get somebody like Verlander who has ride from up here it's going to play a little bit different than somebody who has ride from down here. Yes. Like Ed, Edwin Diaz, the D, the Diaz brothers, like they the both Diaz brothers both have that from down here. And it's just like, Oh, wow. Sonny and, Gray but, has that. Kershaw has that. Sonny Gray throwing that from down there with a sink or two, or like a two seam is like, Ooh, Ooh yeah. That thing's, that thing's crazy. The sinker, the, the low riding for, low sinker combo that starts at your shoulder and ends outside the zone. It's like, what is that pitch? <laughs> what did you just create with there? Oh. Where did he sign? Oh, St. Louis. St. Louis. Right. We should, should we touch on the big poppy video? I just, I saw one, I think it was Rob Friedman's tweet, Zach. I think you said it in the group too, but I saw it before. It was like the heat map of like where you'd have to throw him in his career. I saw Adam Jones like retweet it. He goes, that's the only way to get him out or something like that. I thought that was great. That's so funny. Yeah. It was, it was this video that circulated on uh, Twitter where Big Poppy was doing a gender reveal and there was a underhand toss to him. It was a little bit up and in and maybe found a hole in his swing and he swung and missed <laughs> at, the, at the gender reveal. It's a very funny video. But you know what? I think he could have used Zach. Oh, give it to me, Ian. A pair of Bruce Bolts. You know, if we put a pair of Bruce Bolts on him. Probably hits that pitch. A little bit of tack, a little bit of Bruce Bolts. They're made with real Cabretta leather. They fit better and last longer than any glove that any of us have ever played with. I use the short cuff, but they also make the long cuff for added support. And they have guys like Harrison Bader, Brendan Nimmo, Lars Newbar, myself, Zach Short. Two sets of gloves, baby blues, and the white with baby blue. You can go to brucebolt.us or Amazon, but brucebolt.us to find your gloves. They also are doing shorts. If you're getting ready for your season, they're doing baseball pants, all different sizes. Go check them out, brucebolt.us. Scott, did you have a fan question of the day, Chris? I did have a fan question, Ian. College football fans, the championship is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook is making sure you can throw down on the epic showdown for a shot at big bucks. New customers can score $150 instantly. $150 instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on the championship game. Download the app now and use code WORLD. New customers can score $150 instantly in bonus bets for betting just 5 bucks on college football. Only now on the DraftKings Sportsbook with code WORLD. The crown 
is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill and Casino Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. C dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, guys, let's get you back into this week's episode of The Compound. So, I mean, just most important thing going on in my life right now, the Cleveland Browns. Um, just a remarkable run. They're on, been very entertaining. Um, going to the playoffs, Tom hates it. Um, Joe Flacco, though, you know, taking the sports world by storm. Tom also hates it for some reason. I don't know why. Uh, I thought you were a Giants fan. Yeah, I am a Giants fan. That's why I don't want to talk about football. Oh, okay. Well, we don't. Tom, that shirt, that shirt is fucking sick. I yeah. was going to say, I do like that shirt, and that beard is popping. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate <laughs> that. Go ahead, Scotty. Sorry. All right. So, Joe Flacco, you know, he's playing dad six weeks ago. Gets a call from the Brownies. Hey, you want to, you know, come lead the coolest five-week stretch in modern football history? Is there a baseball comparison to what Joe Flacco is doing right now? And who would it be? Can you think of anybody? Like, obviously it doesn't happen. It doesn't, it just doesn't like happen. What Joe Flacco is doing right now, it doesn't happen very often in football, but like you do get guys who come off of, who are free agents during the season. I mean, we signed Kareem Hunt this year, you know, running back signed later in the year, quarterbacks go down, you sign guys throughout the season. But I feel like, it's more rare in baseball to have a guy who comes in halfway through the season as a sign. Oh, we got hands already. Zach? Tom might remember this one. Well, Matt Carpenter? I was going to say, Matt Carpenter is the first person I thought of. Yeah. Yeah. But that he, was, I mean, he went on a fucking tear. He was a free, but he was still, he was in the minor he, leagues, wasn't he? Yeah, but he was, he got, he was with the Padres. No, no, no. Who was he with? The Rangers, the Rangers, the Rangers. Yeah. And then let go by the Rangers and then. I mean, the guy was running. Up. The guy was running two flat down in triple, yeah. and then he comes <laughs> up and just goes nuts in, in the Bronx. Didn't uh, didn't Roger Clemens one year just yes. sit on the couch? Yes. And then <laughs> yeah, that, like halfway through the year, you he should was look like, up. Yeah. You should look up that video in when they um announce him that he's coming mm-hmm. back. I'm pretty sure he's in Steinbrenner's suite, and they do it yeah. like in the middle of the game. And he's like, "I got a surprise or something like that." He's like, "I'll see you guys next week" or like something like that. And the whole fucking place just goes berserk. And uh, Susan Waltman's on the radio. Mm-hmm. I can't believe this. Roger Clemens is coming That's back. That's an all-timer. I was, was that his, was that I, his I, last I was, year? I don't know. Tom Tom will know. I I don't think it was his last. I mean, he was one of those like Brett Favre guys where it was like, ah, it's June. Clemens will probably be coming back sometime. <laughs> it's hard to say. Well, I, that one was very famous, though, because you guys were saying – Susan, I was listening on the radio at the time. Susan Walman was like, oh, my God, he's in he's in he's in the boss's box. He's in the boss's box. That that last the last year of his career, he made. Let's see how many starts did he make here? He made. 18 starts, went six and six with a four one eight. He was 44 years old. 
through 100 innings. Bro, that guy has some of the most insane stats, bro. He's pretty I mean, good at pitching. 24, Seven Cy 24 years, 312 career ERA, 4,672 punch outs. <laughs> I'm pretty so I played with Cody Clemens for a few years, and this is kind of a really funny story. And um, he he's on the phone with him, and he's like, hey, uh, he's on the phone with his dad, Roger, and he's like, Hey, you know, we're facing, you know, Shane Bieber tomorrow. He's on his rehab and he's like, oh, like who? He goes, oh, you know, Shane Bieber, the uh, the Cy Young from last year. And he goes, oh, that's nice. Anybody can do it once. Not seven. <laughs> seven. He's got seven of them. Seven is an absurd number of Cy Young. Like, what, bro? <laughs> Has there ever been seven MVPs? What's How the many... most MVPs ever? How many did Bonds win? Bonds Five. had a bunch. Seven is so many Cy Youngs. Barry Bonds has the most. Clemens at age 42 in 2005 had a 187 ERA in 211 innings. At what, at what, age? Wait, at, at what age is that, Tom? 42? 42. 42. He won 13 today with a 187 and 32 starts, 211 innings. Didn't he pitch for like an independent league team too? Like for Sugarland or something like that a couple years ago? Yeah. And was getting outs. I chop. Yes, yes, he was. Barry Bonds won seven MVPs. Oh wow! Yes, seven. There are. There's a few guys that have three. Can you name any of the modern players with three? What do you mean by modern? Well, I mean, I'm not going to ask you about Stan Musial, or Roy Campanella, okay. and Yogi Berra. Three Trout. MVPs. Trout. Trout. Three. Trouts, one of them. Um, Did Miggy Miggy had Griffey. two? Griffey, not Griffey. Miggy has two. Miggy has A-Rod. two. Right? A Rod have three. A Rod. A Rod has three. I'm... Yeah. Trout, A Rod, and AL or NL are both. Uh, NL. NL. NL MVP. We got Mike Schmidt, Mickey Mantle. I'm just going to name some of the old ones. Uh, Joe DiMaggio, Jimmy Fox are the other ones with three. There's one more modern player, NL, three times. Hmm. Back to back in 08 and 09. Uh, 09. The Yankees won the World Series in 09. Ryan Howard? I mean, uh, uh, yeah. The big piece. Albert Pulhos. Uh, fucking duh. Albert Pulhos. But it's amazing that Mike Trout has won three, which is the second most all time. And you could argue he could have won a few more of those, finished top three, three other times. And people don't, people are, people don't appreciate how great Mike Trout is and that we've been able to watch his greatness. I think uh, I like on episodes for you guys moving forward, maybe during the off season where there's not a ton of baseball happenings is just diving into baseball reference and just laughing at like Roger Clemens or Barry Bond stats. You know what I've been seeing a little bit of recently is hall of fame. As, as we get this hall of fame vote is some guys who were one ballot hall of famers, one announce who didn't stay on the ballot because they didn't get enough percentage of the vote. 
like Brian Giles career stat line. Mm. <laughs> he killed Cleveland in the nineties. If I remember correctly. I mean, with Atlanta Brian Giles right? career stat line is yeah. comical. Brian Giles played for 15 seasons. His career slash was 291, 400, 502. Good for a 902 OPS. He hit 287 homers. Like, dude was unbelievable. Only a two-time All-Star somehow, which doesn't make any sense with those numbers. Like, he hit, one year he hits 299, 427 with a 514. Not an All-Star. How? He was never an all-star? Oh, that year he wasn't. No, no, that year. Like, how are you not an all-star? I don't understand. He had a he was not an all-star and he had a one dot. He had he had two ninety-eight with a four fifty on base and a six twenty-two slug in hundred and fifty-three games. And he finished thirteenth in the MVP, but was not an all-star. Yeah. He started with Cleveland. That's right. 95, 96, 97, 98. And then he went to your Buckos. Ian. Then he was a bucko. He was a legend when he was a bucko. He was a he was a inter, he was a turnpike legend for eight years between Cleveland yeah. and Pittsburgh. Played until he was thirty eight. Yeah, good career. Elite, I mean, elite super career. impressive career. And he's a one and out guy. It's just like doesn't make any sense to me. Any other examples that you guys have of one and out guys? I, I don't know. Any, so I don't know. By myself here? I'll just do well, a podcast by myself. Don't worry about it. No. Zach's ordering a pizza, I think. Um, yeah, what are you doing over there? I'm looking up something up, all right? Give me a break. I'll okay. ask you for an hour of your time. I, and I'm well, looking up first people or people who are off on the ballot, Ian. No. Back to football for just a second. Uh, Flacco, this you know. Guy, this guy talking football and you're yelling. Well, at I'm just saying I'm relating it back. Don't worry. There's a possibility the Browns have to go to Baltimore to that's a shame playing the well be electric, but Flacco legend there obviously won a Super Bowl. Is there another example of just a beloved now now I'm getting way ahead of myself, but a beloved figure playing in a division and like I mean, I mean Clemens Brett, Brett Favre Brett Favre no, went. baseball baseball. Oh. And he never played – and he never – the Vikings never played the Packers. I'm just saying he put, went in division. Yeah. But, like, is there a baseball – I mean, Clemens, Red Sox, and Yankees. Johnny Damon? Johnny Damon, right? Damon. I feel like most of them are Red Sox, Yankees, to be completely honest. I don't know. I'd, uh, that's good all. Question. Good question. That was a good segment, Scott. Yeah, good question, yeah, Scott. No it led us down to Roger Clemens wormhole. Lance Berkman was a one and done. He 293, 406, 537. He was nine. one and done. Good for a 943 OPS. 366 career pumps, played for 15 years. When was his first year on the ballot? One, two, three, four, five, six. Time All Star. How is he only one and done? What do you have to get to be on the ballot uh, moving forward? Five. Um, How much? Five percent. You have to carry five percent, yeah. and not five plus percent of people voted for a six-time All-Star. It seems that way. Did you see the guy? He got five <laughs> votes. One point four percent. It seems that way. <laughs> it seems 1. like that. Four percent. He was eligible in twenty nineteen. 
received five votes or 1.4% of the vote. Oh, my God. That's rude. Did, did you tough league. Tough no. league. <laughs> so you imagine being a six-time All-Star and just be like, hey, yeah, not a chance. Not a chance. Well, how about like Tory Hunter last year got 7% of the vote, one of my favorite guys. From 2006 to 2014, Tory Hunter averaged 28 two-homers, 89 ribbies, while slashing 287, 343, 812. That's a 119 OPS plus, all while being probably the yeah. best defensive center fielder in the game. And he barely stayed on the ballot. He got 6.9%. Like, he's... Complete. Yeah, it's complete stud. The voters, complete. the voters are not nice to the Did you see... This is players. what I was going to ask. The one writer, I forgot his name, Tom, you might know him. He has... He was like, yeah, I'm not voting for this guy because, you know, it's the beauty of it. Like, he'll be on it next year. And the guy was like, no, no, no. This is the last year of him being on the ballot. Like, and he got completely like roasted yeah and they were like bro what are you doing did did greg maddox not get unanimous or something like that i saw like like 18 people or however many people didn't vote for him on the ballot i don't know i saw There's that only been a few unanimous one right or two well some of the old timers are have been unanimous oh it seems like just mariano rivera is that true yeah I was going to say, I, I think he was the only. Many For many years, voters would not vote guys on their first ballot. So plenty of guys went in at like 99, you know, 97, 98. I mean, you're talking about some of the greatest of all time. We're not getting unanimous on the first vote because writers were holding it back for insane nonsense reasons. Yeah. So like Baby Completely. Ruth wasn't uh, well, unanimous? Was, I, I think was an honorary inductee to the first Hall of Fame. Uh, like when they first put the, the committees together, I don't know if they're counting those. You got you'd have to be a real dick to be like Babe Ruth, nah. But Babe Ruth and Honus Wagner received two hundred and fifteen votes apiece, ninety five. Imagine those. Imagine those writers tweeting out their ballots and leaving Babe Ruth and Honus Wagner off of it. That's hilarious. Tom, back to your point. Uh, complete side note, but Torrey Hunter was so good in center field. That era had so many good defensive center fielders. It was yep. insane for like a ten to twelve year stretch of like the mid nineties to like the like two thousand eight or so. Jim Edmonds, a lot of I grew up with. I grew up with Kenny Lofton. I mean, you grew up with guy. Yeah, we, 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 yeah, we grew up together. He, he was That's down the street. Um, nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, Grady Sizemore can go get it. Kenny Lofton could freaking go again in center field. McCutcheon? Tory Hunter, nine-time Gold Glove winner, five-time All-Star, multi-time Silver Slug Award winner. And not didn't, didn't clear 7% last year. Well, does he get the compound media vote for Hall of Fame? I yeah. would have voted for him. I'd vote for him. Gary, yeah. Sorry, Gary Sheffield. It was his. It's his last year on the ballot. The writer, Marcos Breton, says, I could still vote for him next year. That's the beauty of 10 years of eligibility. This year I felt stronger, strongly about two voted for two. And this is Gary Sheffield's last year on the ballot. So he sent so he sent his vote in and then said that and then realized yeah, that. Yeah, he was on Twitter. Year. Like people, people were like, you know, what are you doing, blah, blah, blah. And he said that. And then 
readers added context on Twitter, that thing, whatever it's called. This is Gary Sheffield's final year of eligibility for the Baseball Writers Association of America Hall of Fame. The community notes section is kind of a very funny addition sometimes when it's just a complete error. It's like a narrator. It's like a narrator. It's like in reality, it is his last year. Scott, can I ask you a question? Fire away, Ian. How'd your fantasy football team end up? Uh, I don't want to talk about it. Was your owner dis- we, was your owner disappointed in you? We had fun. Um, you know, we we finished strong. He he said our internal metrics were very good, so um, that gave me a promise for next year. Uh, none of my teams. I had like I, I want to be employed by that guy. I had three leagues and um, made it to the gotten third in one of them. But yeah, the the main one was not. Wasn't wasn't the best finish, but you know, it is what it are is. You, we had fun. Are you a little concerned about your job security? Yeah, I mean, you, next you question. Know, you, yeah, you always just you know you always want to you know impress the boss, but um, you know, this, this you, is you get back to work. Is, you know, once once the season ends, you, you get back to work. So, Scott, if if you were under fire and your seat was hot, that's not a good interview right there, buddy. You might you might have gotten fired on the spot. I'm sorry. You we'll send, this, try we'll that send again. this to your owner. We'll see what he says. Hang on. Let's, let's try that again. Hey, Scott, you know, are you concerned for your job security moving forward after this year? Um, Zach, I appreciate that question. Um, you know, um, you know, that's not my job to worry about. My job's about the, you know, the men in the locker room um, and getting those, getting them rallied, you know, making sure they have good plans for the off season. Um, getting guys, many guys here for OTAs uh, early and, and, you know, having guys around the facility, um, you know, throughout the off season. So um, I, I understand the question, but you know, that's, that's, uh, that's about my pay grade. What, uh, what do you say about the fans who were chanting? We want Efros fired. You know, I, I, they're entitled to their opinion. Um, you know, they want to see a winning product and, and this year we, we fell short of our goals. So um, you know, next year, that's, that's the beauty of this game is we strive to strive, strive to, Perform better uh, each oh, so now, year. Oh, so now you think it's funny. The fans didn't find it funny, Scott. The fans didn't find it funny. What Talk is, about a hot seat. What is next in Major League Baseball free agency? What happens next? What domino has to fall? You got pretty much all the starting pitching still out there. You got Chapman and Bellinger still out there. Probably nothing moves until those guys move. So what's the domino that has to fall? Does Bellinger have to sign for other people to sign? Is he the biggest, most dollar amount guy left, right? Yeah. Is this then you have Snell. So like on the pitching side, you have yeah. Snell and Jordan Montgomery and those guys. So you have to think Snell has to go for Montgomery to go. Can I say I'm I'm worried for Bellinger that he could be in a Michael Conforto camp? Because the numbers we've heard from Bellinger are really, really high. And he's got Boris, who's just not a guy that's going to bend. So I feel like that one might play out for a long – I feel like that could go into spring training. It wouldn't but shock. Wasn't Conforto, wasn't Conforto hurt? hurt? Yes. Yeah. But they were still – they had a very specific number they were holding out for, and they held out for it. But people like, forget – people forget Bryce Harper signed in spring training. Yeah. I was thinking about him, like – I don't know if we'll go that late, but did Machado sign spring training right before? I think right before. Like that's there's some of these big, some of these big name guys, 2017, 2018, those classes. Like, dude signed weeks before, so like February. So, 
it's very possible this thing could drag out till February. Shout out to my guy, Frankie Montas, for signing a deal with the Reds, um, coming to your division, Ian. Just uh, really cool to see him go through his rehab this summer and, and kind of get to the other side and get rewarded with a nice contract. So definitely uh, definitely happy for him. That was a one-year with an option? One year, yeah. We one played year together in the Fall League, Frankie Montas. Oh, really? Yeah. And okay. IKF, IKF in division now, too. Yep. Oh, he got paid. Good for him. Yeah. Pump for him too. Guy guy works his tail off. So really cool to see uh I think it was it was pretty cool to see IKF um you know almost get the fans like appreciation. Um kind of how you know, because it from what I've seen, um like he handled the media really well, he handled the fans well. You know, he was under a lot be trying to be the shortstop. Um, where, you know, he wasn't really, I don't want to say like meant to be there, but he, he played what third, won a gold glove at third. Won a gold right? glove like at third yeah. yeah. Like that's, that's a different, it's a different beast, man. Just moving over one spot, but he was in a really, he was in a really tough spot. I mean, the Yankees didn't yeah. go after any of the big free agents. They had Volpe. They had all these guys. It was clear that he was kind of in a temporary position and he took a lot of, he took a lot of heat for that. Uh, I think this year fans were able to appreciate what he brings to a team in terms of his versatility, in terms of his contact, which is the, the, one of the things the Yankees signed him for, his ability to just make contact. Uh, and when he was not your shorting shortstop and he was a fun utility guy, I think the fans liked him. Unfortunately, he get, just started off in such a – that was I don't think anyone was going to succeed in the position that he was in to begin with. So I'm happy for him that he's going to be – that Blue Jays team is fun. Blue Jays got a lot of fun pieces and they keep talking about, you know, 2020, 12 to two was the preview. And then this year it's supposed to be the movie or whatever that didn't happen, but we'll see. I, I got a feeling they could make some noise. He's just such a, he was just such a pro too. Like, obviously like a lot thrown at him and, 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 you know, in his position, but you know, same guy every single day, you know, definition of a guy you want in your clubhouse. Cause he, he brings it every day for whatever position he was going to play. So definitely uh, happy for him. Really cool. Tom, you had any questions for the boys? Not any questions. We talked about um, Aaron Matson, who was the 23-year-old head coach of North Carolina field hockey. I don't think we ever followed up. They won. They won. Scott, they won. Do not, not laugh when Tom is trying to give an update, okay, on North Carolina field hockey. I didn't laugh. Scott, have you heard about this story? I haven't. Would you like a little recap, Tom? Give Please. me a little recap. Sure. Please. Aaron Matson was the – uh, national player of the year in field hockey for like three straight years at North Carolina. They won the national title, I think three or four years there, including last year. They had a long time, like 40 year head coach retire. Uh, and the coach was, they told the team before the season that she was retiring. Aaron Matson went to the athletic director and said, I want the head coaching job before her senior season. They said, go worry about winning a national title, won a national title, came back, said, all right, I'm ready to be the head coach. Went back. They gave her the head coaching job. Uh, went eighteen and one this year and won the na- won the national title. They defended their national title with her as the head coach. Wow, twenty three. Twenty three. Yeah, the youngest uh, coach in the history of uh, NCAA Division One sports to win a national title. So we had talked about that story previously, and we never had a chance to follow up on it. That is incredible. Have her on the pot. She was on a lot. She was doing. A, I think she was above us. She was on like Good Morning America. You know, she was doing a lot of. Yeah, Scott, have some, have some. Be it, 
you know. So you had to you had to call me, who's just right at your guys's level. Yep. We knew you'd be. We knew you'd be free. I'm not in a boat. We knew you'd be free. Tom, you, her, should, you, you should reach out to her team. See if we can get her on. We're been hyping her up. Where is this? UNC. Yeah. UNC. Wagon. Field hockey powerhouse. UNC. Should we give the people their screen times? Our screen times. Presented by our friends at Sloan. Sloan is the world's leading manufacturer of commercial plumbing systems. The company is at the forefront of the green building movement and provides smart, sustainable, and hygienic restroom solutions by manufacturing water-efficient products, including flush-o-meters, faucet sink systems, soap dispensers, and fixtures for commercial, industrial, and institutional markets worldwide. To learn more, visit Sloan.com. I was traveling over the holidays, and I was pleasantly surprised to see Sloan in a few different airports. So I didn't have to hold it, which was great. Which day are we doing? I'll do today. Doing... Oh, what are you stacking the deck? <laughs> that was a quick answer. I'll do today. Today or Sunday is good. Okay, that's good. What you'll do, but you know the rest of us will have some integrity and and kind of decide as a group. Oh, that's funny, Scott. I don't see your name on the promo. I'm really confused by my screen time. My screen times are like non-existent. So which day are we we have? I think today. today. Today or let's Sunday today. works. Yeah, yeah, let's do today. Do today. I'm at two fifteen today. Ooh. I'm at three twenty-two. Mine's uh -oh. not right, but I can give it to you. I'm in trouble. I'm at three fifty-five today. What have you been doing? I was watching a uh, Cleveland Browns daily on YouTube <laughs> on my phone. Mine says, 19, mine says 19 minutes. It's just not accurate. Starting 2024 off on a lie? That's tough. I want, I mean, I want it to be accurate. I think he's being just, honest there. It's just not. And I'm sorry for that. I mean, that's gonna, just swap, really. I'm, I'm gonna try. I mean, I'm gonna try to figure it out and send you guys the real number, but for right now, it's 19 minutes. I think Sloan, here's an idea. Sloan, if they're listening, should have, you know, they make toilets, obviously do a great job. They should also dive into the screen time business. Maybe screen protectors, maybe phone cases. Something like that. Yeah, like screen protectors of like, when, oh, you have eight hours. It's like, unless you need to make a call, like it blocks you so you can't go over and don't lose to Tom. Sloan once gave me a very nice gift. I don't know um, if- A you, toilet? If, you, if you've <laughs> seen a urinal lately, but they, you know how like the top of the urinal has like a metal- kind of like looks like a nut looks like a screw you know looks like a bolt they have that but it's like a it's a beer opener it's like a, a bottle opener yep it so was a slow those. usa right yep, they make those the yep they're in that game uh that's episode 189 of the compound <laughs> podcast presented by parse rum go to Benny's. go to your local liquor store get some parse scott thank you for joining us thank you for being the surprise guest scott did you purposely line yourself up with Judge?